on today's episode, Ghostface and us go to Hollywood. We watch Scream 3. Hello and welcome to the Flixology Podcast, a podcast that looks at all forms of media, analyzes it, and dissects it, whether it be movies, television, music, and sometimes, if we feel fancy, literature. I'm your host, John, and joining me, as always, is my version of Sydney, my personal love, my wife, April. April, how are you? I'm doing good, but this movie kind of got on my nerves, man. <laughs> oh, you hated this movie. It was, like, brutal to watch. It was oh. brutal. Uh, so we watched 2000s Scream 3, directed by Wes Craven. That's his third movie now that he's directed all three of these. I think he directed four, too. Starring David Arquette, Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox Arquette. So they were married at the time. We were asking that question. Oh, gosh. You have to include that Courtney Cox Arquette. Patrick Dimsey, Jenny McCarthy, Parker Posey, and Dion Richmond. And basically, this place takes three years after Scream 2. Follows Sidney Prescott, who has gone to self-improvised isolation following the events of the previous two films. Who can blame her? But is drawn to Hollywood after a new ghost face begins killing the cast of the film within a film. Stab 3. April, what is your history with this movie? Honestly, I don't remember. I know I watched this as a kid. Yeah. I do not remember watching it because it was probably just, like, uninteresting to me. <laughs> um, I think I liked, I don't know, like, maybe a couple of things in this movie. <laughs> um, mainly the house that Sydney lived in. Even though um, it looks nothing like the house. That she lived in from the very first movie. It looked nothing like I this. know, but I was like, the, I would like to live in that house. Like, I just thought it was, like, really cozy and, like, bedroom. Cool and, the like, bedroom might have been mostly accurate in that whole entire thing. From my memory of Wait, are one. you talking about the house on the Hollywood set or the house that she moved to out in the country? The house on the Hollywood set. See, I'm talking about the house she moved to out in the country. Oh, like, okay. I liked that house and, like, I thought, hey, that's kind of cool. It's, like, I don't know, like, all by itself or whatever, but... I just couldn't get into the movie, like, to this movie. I well, get, I think the idea and the concept was cool, and I get what they were trying to do, and, like, all of that, well, but just didn't Well, like you it. know, this thing is they're satirizing this idea or the trope of film trilogies, which this was supposed to be the originally last entry in the Scream franchise, but then they did a fourth one later on. Um... So again, this is part of when I watched the first three on that one night. Um, this is not my favorite entry. It's not my least favorite entry, but it's not my favorite entry. Um, I did like the fact that we're not in, um, we're like in a different environment. It is still centered around Sydney. Like the ghost face is trying to get Sydney, you know, just like every ghost face killer. But, um,. <laughs> There was so much emphasis on comedic elements than there was, like, um... Actual thrills and chills? Well, a lot of that is because, at the time, a horrible event just happened. Um, the Columbine Massacre shooting had just happened, so they were focusing more on comedic effects rather than horror and everything, because the media was getting scrutinized for including that kind of stuff, because they think it's what made those guys do what they did, and you know, whatever. Yeah. But, um, I mean, and that's understandable. I get that. But, and you know, like I said, again, like 
I, it doesn't horror movies to me doesn't really have to be all you know scares and uh, deaths and stuff like that yeah it, it's more like i love the scares um and some of the deaths are unique and creative or whatever and it's cool how they do that on film but for me it's all about just like the vibe of the movie well, um, and like the feeling I get watching it, and like how memorable it is. And this movie was not memorable at all. Yeah, because we we watched this movie, and we literally sat down before we started recording. We were like, "What was this movie about again?" Yeah, like literally we watched uh, this movie, and I was like, "What happened?" Like, well, this is believe. And it, we just watched it, so believe, it's, it's just one of those. Yeah, well, believe it or not, there, including. The other two movies after this one. This is considered the weakest installment. I personally yeah. don't think it is. And, you know, I can talk more about that when we've watched Scream 5. But... <laughs> um, A little foreshadowing there. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it was just weird because it definitely played on, like, Hollywood and whatever. Because it had, like, these weird cameos that made no sense. Like, like Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher didn't make sense, but she had somewhat... We all love to see her. I mean, R.I.P. I love seeing Jay and Silent Bob. I will yeah, say no, that. Yeah, no, 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 no. That was the one cameo that made no freaking sense to me but at all. But it was hilarious. Was it just like a like a t continuation of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back? I really don't know. I saw them. I'm like, why are Jay and Silent Bob in a Scream movie? I want to say it's because like they oh, were on a ooh. Hollywood film set and they were just kind of bringing that essence of Hollywood. I, like I will say that it was really cool to see a Hollywood film set if yeah. that even was the real thing. I mean, um, like that was kind of cool to see how all that's done it or whatever. Kinda is, kinda is not. It really, it's really hard to like elaborate on that. It's, I mean, because I've been on a taping and I'm putting that on in quotes. When do you remember when Universal had like the giant Nickelodeon Nickelodeon studio thing or whatever? Yes. So I went to a taping, I'm putting that in quotations, of a show. It was like a pilot. Okay. And it was this game show on Nickelodeon. And, you know, this was back when they had Nickelodeon Studios at Universal. Now it's not there anymore. Now it's like Barney something. And I went... I don't know what I watched. Like, I'm trying to sit here and remember this. <laughs> We're it's been on the fly. No, no, no. It's like been years. It's literally yeah. been years. Yeah. Like the last time I I did this, Back to the Future was still a ride before it became the Minions ride. Wow. Oh, and there was only one park, not two. So I just, And Harry Potter hadn't even been written yet. How sad. <laughs> Magical times. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. No, but and then of course you have the legendary producer roger corman who did a lot of vintage horror movies that people love to this very day i i mean I, I would watch a roger corman movie um but then you also have the mystery like when it involved the cast of the movie within the movie that they're making or whatever like parker posey plays courtney cox's character in the stab three she got on my nerves dude i cannot stand parker posey she's a good actress and she's good I, just, I don't have a problem with Parker Posey. I hated her in this role. Like she, she was annoying. She looks like a watered down version of Elizabeth Banks. You always say that about her. I know, but I'm not wrong. You said that, and you've got mail. Tell me I'm wrong. 
You're wrong. <laughs> I loved her in You Got Mail. I mean, I love Parker Posey in the role she does. I love Elizabeth Banks in the role that she does. But in this movie, I'm just like, she's the most annoying. And then there's like one scene where Courtney Cox punches her in the face. And she's like, my lawyer like that. I'm just like, oh, God. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know. And then, again, there's just too many comedic elements in this movie. Like, the Dewey thing being, like, he was trying to be intimidating, but he was shaggy. An intimidating yeah. shaggy. I don't want to see Dewey playing an intimidating shaggy. Okay, and I really hate what they did with Dewey's character in this whole thing. I uh, hated it. It was miserable to watch. It was miserable. From, the tr from what I remember on 4, you may not like it either. 5, they completely redid it. I will say I love the secret passage in the home that they did. Oh, that yeah. That was really cool. And I I like how they pulled in the, um like, the uh, what are they called? Like, the, the shots, the headshots oh, of yeah. the mom and the current. Right, so, so this goes back to the mystery of the whodunit. And before we get into the character, basically, the killer's motive is trying to bring out Sydney by showing old photographs of Maureen Prescott, Sydney's mother, around old Hollywood sets that she did. And I did like they incorporate a little bit about Maureen Prescott's yeah. murder. Because... The only thing I knew about Maureen Prescott was she was a was she was a um, a woman with um, a working woman. Yes, a working woman. And I'm putting that in quotations because I really don't want to call her that word. And she slept with Con Weary, who's in this movie and dies within five minutes. Mm -hmm. And she had sex with Billy's mom, which of course we all know how that happened in the first movie. But before but i mean it's just don't you think it's funny how like people think that that's um promiscuous like to sleep with two different people back then <laughs> well she slept in the with 2000s. well she slept with like three different people she, i know wasn't... but still but still like think about now oh yeah versus what in well, the 90s <laughs> well here's the thing she technically slept with just, three different people it just made me laugh she it slept, made me laugh she slept with three different people because let's not forget sydney's father either well, yeah, 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 but so, it was know. just, it was just funny. I mean, not making fun of anybody's, you know, sexuality or anything, but it is interesting, like, to see that and think about that, and I'm like, why are they giving this woman such a hard time? <laughs> Who cares? I know, for real, but I like how they used her as, like, a ghostly figure or something that's haunting Sydney throughout this movie, and that was what the killer was doing, like... There's like the scene where they recreated the, the, the death or the murder scene of Maureen Prescott. And you literally see like someone under a tarp that's like property of whatever police department, fake blood on it. And she's talking through, the killer's talking through uh, Maureen Prescott's voice. So it is kind of cool that we get yeah. like, a more intimate side about the, the history of Sydney's family. Now. I, I, I will say though. Back to that room and everything. When they were fighting in the secret room in that house, yeah. in the mansion, I feel like all of the fights were in slow motion. Again. And it was so awkward. And I was like, this is so awkward. The, like, what's happening? The fight scenes. With, it was awful. And I think, again, that was because of all the stuff that was going on at the time. Yeah. But, like, the fight scene with Billy and Stu in the very first one felt more realistic than this one did. Yeah. Yeah. Now, before we get to name the killer, 
pause pause the episode don't worry we'll be back give him a couple minutes all right and we're back now <laughs> you this like... is a spoiler of who is the killer in case you have not seen it and if you have not seen shame on you you should be this a completist like we are we should watch this movie is, this movie is like 20 years old 20 years no, old 22 years old so the movie's killer is the director of stab three is roman bridger played by scott foley which i don't really know scott foley that well do you know? i i don't uh, it's gonna drive me nuts he was in dawson's creek who was he in dawson's creek i don't know but he's in gray's anatomy i'm showing you his picture ah how do i know that guy from, um hold on from Dawson's he, Creek. it's gonna drive me nuts now cliff elliott Oh my gosh, he's so old in that picture, I didn't recognize him. And Cliff is Jen's, like, on-again, off-again, boyfriend, love interest, that is, like, the jock He's Henry. He's Henry Burden on Grey's Anatomy. See, I don't even... Yeah. I like... think he's in, like, the later episodes, because he's not in the beginning. And then he did an episode... I love this episode. You probably don't remember this one. It's called Hammered. Of Law and Order SVU. Oh, I don't know them by their titles. Basically, it's like this guy gets blackout drunk and he doesn't remember anything. Okay, you I mean, gotta yeah. be a little more specific. Yeah, I know episodes. for real. I feel like a lot of those episodes start off with alcohol. I, I just, it really makes you wonder. I know it was like <laughs> 2009, so that was like season like nine through 12. So one of those three. I don't know. Gotcha. So basically, spoiler alert: the killer. Is Sydney's half brother, and basically he wanted to get revenge for Sydney leave living the life that he wanted because mommy didn't love him. Yeah, and you think that it would be more epic because it was a cool idea, but again, it just kind of left you wanting it just, more. It just felt it just fell flat on its face. It I, really did. I feel like when you take the two killer system. Oh yeah, and he's the one that motivated Billy and Stu. And everyone to go after Sydney, and basically he's the reason why this whole entire thing started. I mean, it really does make you wonder, like, okay, when the next movie comes out, the fourth movie, where are they going to go with this? Well, that's the thing. Like the tagline of the fourth movie is "New Decade, New Rules," ah, oh. which sounds completely stupid, but <laughs> um, I. If you take the two killer system out of this movie, it just doesn't feel like Scream. Yeah. Like, I haven't seen Scream 4 in a very long time. I haven't seen Scream 5. But if they don't have the two killer system like they should, then I would be totally okay with that, honestly. But you got it. The movie is so. The first two are so revolutionary because you do have that two killer system. The motives are just completely out the window. But. It just felt original to have this two-killer system. And when I go see a Scream movie, I want to see two killers. Yeah. I mean, honestly, Lance Henriksen is in this movie. He's the guy that owns the house with the bat secret doors and everything. Yeah. Um, If he was a killer, like if the killer didn't or kill like him. he was in on it. Yeah, like it would have been better. And plus, I love Lance Henriksen. He's always going to be Bishop from Aliens to me. Um, But I don't know. Uh, I think it's time we wrap this up. April, would you recommend this movie? Um, 
I would only recommend this movie if you're watching it as part of the full franchise. If you're not interested in any of the Scream movies or watching them in order yeah. and just, you know, compare and contrasting, I would not recommend this movie at all. I hated it. But I have to watch it with the other Scream movies to appreciate it in its time. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. If you're a completionist like we are, watch it. You're going to, if you just wanted just to see it, it does kind of sum up the first two movies a little bit, kind of. I think so i don't i don't even remember i mean it was like two cool parts like i really did like the intro at least live at least cotton weary got his like final moments in this series so i was happy with that by the way before we go did you hear the name of this talk show what 100 cotton oh my god (laughs) no yes it's it's like a cheesy talk that's hilarious i would watch that the only, no, actually, the only other saving grace in this movie, and I actually forgot about this, is we do get Jamie Kennedy playing Randall again for one scene, and it's like a videotape recording of how to survive the third movie in a trilogy. So, oh, yeah! I forgot about that. I did like that and the sist- And his sister like brought in. The sister's played by um, Anne Hathaway's best friend from Princess Diaries. Her name escapes me right now. But... That was like the only thing that saved this movie for me was I got to see my fix of Randy. Yeah. And I remember Randy fix. And I know Randy's not in the fourth one. At least I don't remember or nothing is about Randy and the other two. So I don't know how I'm going to like the other two. I guess we'll have to see tomorrow. <sighs> yeah. But that is our review of Scream 3 for as part of our 31 days of horror. As always, if you want to get in contact with us, please send us an email at flixologypodcast at gmail.com. Or if you want to see what spooky things we are getting into this month, check us out on uh, at Flixology Podcast. Now, April, it's our fourth day of this wonderful month. What are we doing on the fourth day of this wonderful month? Hmm... Scream 4? Scream 4! We are that doing That was so scream. easy. Scream 4, Scream 4. You win the QB doll. What? Is, what? You never heard that expression before? No. It's like the doll that you win at like the fairs. Oh, okay. They're called QB dolls. I didn't know that. I never heard that. I watched a lot of Scooby-Doo when I was growing up. Oh, okay. Really, <laughs> it's funny you mentioned Scooby-Doo because my work was talking about what we should dress up for as a team for Halloween in our virtual Halloween sessions. And someone suggested Scooby-Doo and I was like, what? <laughs> so before we get off the air, I want to tell this really, really, really embarrassing story that you don't know. Oh, gosh. So one year we were me, my father, my stepmother, my sister and my brother were all going to dress up as members of Scooby-Doo. So I was like 14, 15 at this time, and I was like a teenage angst guy and against the against the program. You did Fred, didn't you? Oh no, Dad was Fred. What? Okay, who were you? I was Slash from Guns N' Roses. <laughs> are you kidding me? No, but are I didn't ki- wear you that. You did not dress up like Scooby-Doo? No, because I was like so angst. They wanted me to be shaggy. Oh my gosh. Sid, um, my sister was um, Scooby-Doo. Well, of course. I don't know what my brother was. I don't know. But, yeah, I really um, I really regret that decision now. 
because I didn't even wear, I had like a full-blown wig and I just carried around my acoustic guitar at the time. I was such a... Pain in the butt? That's a nice way of saying it, yes. <laughs> nice. I really hate telling that story. But again, check us out tomorrow when we watch Scream 4. As always, this is the Flixology Podcast. I'm your host, John. And April. Take it easy.